Coach Me members, and welcome to this month's Coach Me Expert Interview. Today, we are going to be talking about how to make your Medi Spa and Day Spa look more appealing by providing it a facelift to help you deliver a better guest experience, increase revenue, and retention. So I invited the best expert, Michael Effler. He is the founder and CEO of International Design Concepts and one of the most renowned interior designers to be with us today. So I am super, super excited for all of you to be with us today. So let me tell you a little bit about Michael, and then we'll go ahead and get started. So I actually have known him for a long time. We run into each other at trade shows all the time, and I have been meaning to have him as a guest for the longest. So finally, he took some time out of his busy schedule to be with us today, and we're making this work for all of you. You're going to absolutely love the content we're going to share today. So Michael launched his international design concept in 1984. And he started by actually designing interiors for major department stores at first, department stores like the Bay, Macy's, Saks Fifth Avenue, Harrods of London, places like that. And then he started focusing on spas and medi spas and resort spas. So he gets to travel extensively. He gathers all kinds of cultural inspirations to help him develop great facilities and the spas that he has designed are all over the U.S., Canada, Asia, South Pacific, Europe, you name it, he has been there. So it's very exciting again to have him be with us today. When he designs, he takes into consideration the shape, the color, the texture, the lighting, and the sounds so he can combine all of them and create a nice harmonious effect so people will have a great experience and the team has a great workflow. So it's not just, you know, designing. He includes a lot of uh, great feeling in his designs, great emotional connections, as well as uh, spiritual well-being. All that goes into the aspects when Michael creates his design. So he's been doing this for about 30 years, you guys. That's how much experience we have here with us today. So you want to submit your questions to Michael. Today, feel free to email them to Dory. D-O-R-I at InspirationManagement.com, and we're going to leave some time at the end to answer your questions. So again, grab a pen and a paper and be ready because we are going to help you improve your spa's appearance today and give your spa that nice lift that I know all of you could use. I know we do. <laughs> Welcome, Michael. It's great to have you with us today. Boy, Dory, I feel like I should be riding into your facility here on a white horse or something. That was a Well, you should be because you are. You're the <laughs> prince of design for sure, Michael. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Um, I had Alex uh, Tiersch on the call last month, and he's an attorney in um, Chicago, and he helps Medispas with all their legal documentations. So when I finished actually introducing him, he felt the same way. So whenever I introduce someone, it's so funny because you don't realize how much you have accomplished until somebody actually does a little introduction for you. And then you say to yourself, wow. Yeah, I should be on a white horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. That was very pleasant. I don't think I've ever been introduced nicer in, in my whole time out here. So 
Thank oh, you, my Jan. goodness. Well, that's because they don't know how to do it like I do. <laughs> I think that's the truth. I think that's the truth. All right. Well, I'm glad to have you here. And here's what we're going to go over, you guys, today. We are going to discuss some great design tips that will help you improve your spa or medispa. Michael is going to be talking about how to create a great theme. We're going to discuss how to ensure a great design and a great guest experience flow as well as how to help sell more products via your retail displays and much, much more. So let's go ahead and get started, Michael, because I know we're going to have some questions here at the end from everybody. Let's start with the golden rules when it comes to design. What are some of the most important things that somebody needs to take into effect to make sure they have a successful design for a spa or a medispa? Well, I think we have to look at it through the eyes of the guest or patient experience, and that's that's the primary one. And in order to put that together, it, it references both the way a place looks, that is, architecturally, that's an exterior, and the feeling of being welcomed from the point of entrance and arrival. There's something that should be communicated to those patients and guests that the people are passionate. They come from a facility of care and giving, and and that needs to be expressed throughout their whole time there. And so that's a golden rule, the patient guest experience. And then the second most important, obviously, is your service provider. They're often not given the attention to detail. They're put into places where they're doing laundry and eating and and trying to get a break or have their have their legs or feet massaged, things that are not they need, and often they are not given the attention to care. So care for the care for the caregiver, care for the service provider, is a, another moment that's necessary. Mm-hmm. That's so funny you said that because in most places I go into, that's an afterthought. They don't even have a little closet. <laughs> it's like no, they're, where they're, are they supposed to be between treatments? What are they supposed to do? Where do they go? And they all end up being around the front desk making that into a team lounge, which is a big mistake. And if you look at it through their eyes, Dory, as a service provider, they're not feeling as though people care enough about them to see that they have mm-hmm. a decent existence there and that, they're, mm-hmm. that their needs are not cared for. So the owner misses in some of the intangibles by not taking better care of them or preparing proper spaces for them, like you're, right. like you're suggesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know that the the problem right now, Michael, if somebody is already open and they have a place and every room is taken up, do you have any like little tips of what to do if the place is already built? Is there anything? I mean, you can't really invent space, so I don't know what no. they would do. No, but you can look at their space with a with a with another eye to how can we make it feel better, and whether that's a coat of paint, or uh, you know some new stools to set on for lunch, or a cleaner, neater arrangement, or providing them a little different place where they could at least have a foot massage, uh, a little reclining chair possibly, some place in a corner area that's not being utilized so that they could have a recovery, because what they do for their guests. It takes a lot. If you really care about people, you have to put a lot of feeling into it, and often there's no place to recover in between, and they need those breaks to to make it work, you know. Right, absolutely. Even a little bit of lighting change, because a lot of the spas that were built earlier on and some of those that have not been brought to more current standards with lighting technology, 
being able to increase uh, the intangibles, like in the in those kind of a break room area, mm-hmm. uh, being able to soften the light or even have it so that it could change color, those are kind of simple things that we're looking at now because it has the mm-hmm. um, it has an effect on their psyche, you know. Mhm. Okay. Let's talk about the guest experience. Sure. How we can sure. make that a wow experience through design. And before we move on to that, though, I want to stress the importance of space planning of what you were just talking about a little earlier. I think if we have some folks on that are thinking about opening a spa, I think the biggest mistake that they make often is they have a regular interior decorator or designer or an architect design a spa for them, and they don't know about having the proper space planning. They don't understand the business. They don't know the flow of the business. They don't know the importance of having a manager's office or a team lounge, like you're saying. And I just want to let everybody know the difference. What Michael does is he's a spa expert in space planning, design, and all that. Is an architect, you guys, and that's where all these mistakes actually happen. Usually, Michael, I'm sure you agree, is that they go and they hire somebody who has no idea about spa, and the space plan is not done properly from the beginning. Then they open up the spa, and then they realize all the mistakes that they made because they did not have a proper person like you or I help them with the space plan. Well, you want the quick answer, Dory, or the or the one that takes a minute? Um, I, I can suggest. Well, I, I want the I want the best answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you've hit the nail on the head in a couple of spots here. Really important areas, and often it's done out of economics, and that's an in, uh, that's the wrong time to to scrimp and save the design elements, whether both from the building's architecture to the way the uh, projection from the first sense of arrival to the space, the mm-hmm. sense of entry coming in, mm-hmm. and the fact that. Everyone needs to feel the comfort and the warmth, and you're drawing people into that. And if it's, an, if it's a generic, somebody who's trying to, either from a, an equipment sales perspective, they're looking at how many things can be put in the space and not how people move and flow. So an understanding of the kind of services, is that, that's paramount. And drawing lines and how everybody moves and, and flow through the space being welcomed. So like when, when we create an entrance, it has to be one that creates a sense of arrival that's powerful and conveys these are they're sort of the intangibles or subliminal messages that are given off by those colors, those lines, those shapes, those things that that you have in like in a mall, you have something like eight seconds while trying to attract the attention of somebody walking through or past your storefront. So you can't afford not to have everything be at its very finest projection. That is the display windows, the colors, the feel that the color of the building, even the shapes that when one walks in, how inviting are the forms or shapes mm-hmm. inside that space? How is it lit? Those, those, those are paramount elements that, that are often not considered because people are looking at it through how much can I put in it and not necessarily how does it affect uh, the human psyche when people have to sit where they sit, like the current one we're, we're looking at right now, they've got, a, they've got the entrance, they've got a restroom, they've got seating, they've got reception, and they've got it all in the same place. And trying to do visual merchandising there, there's no clarity because it's all fighting for attention. Mm-hmm. We need to 
to make that easier for people so that it's they're first welcomed and they're invited into the facility. So that first impression, that's the power. You remember the old words about you only get mm-hmm. one chance to make a first impression? That Correct. is so, tr- so, so true, Dory. Yeah. So I just walked in. I'll just give you a fresh example. I was just visiting one of our members, actually, in Phoenix. And so they have a beautiful Medi-Spa. As soon as you walk in, there's this ginormous water wall, beautiful counters, all granite, all tile floors, very, very, you could tell they spent money on it. But I walked in, and right away, all over the counter was all these brochure racks, literally like every brochure rack you can imagine was right there on the counter when I walked in. And then as I went in to go into the Medispa, I passed the retail area, and then they had six banners sitting uh, in that area, like huge banners with, like, cool sculpting, Botox, fillers, all this stuff. I'm like, I felt like I was walking into a trade show. <laughs> like, what happened? What happened here? Am I at a trade show or am I a Medispa? So those are the little things. And you know what? When I brought it up, they're like, you know what, Dory? We started out with one, and then the rep would come, and they would give us another one, and then another rep would come, and they, and then before we know it, we have five, six banners sitting in our lobby. <laughs> it's like, no, they've got to go. <laughs> but that's crazy. So those are the kind of things sometimes people don't realize when they, they have good intentions for the space, but then even if they had the good intentions, they end up messing it up sometimes without really proper planning as far as how it should look even after it's built, right? Correct. You you cannot, I think you have to try, uh, they should try to see it through your eyes. You saw mm-hmm. exactly what we look for. When we walk mm-hmm. in or look at a, a prior design, we're looking for the problems that it has, it, where, mm-hmm. the, where the bottlenecks are, where the congestion, the convoluted areas, and when you walk into any facilities, we're looking as much for what's wrong and mm-hmm. as what's right. And mm-hmm. the things that are wrong is just like what you, you just gave in, in your comments about too many things to look at. That's, that's mm-hmm. overwhelming the guest experience. Right. They don't need to be hammered with that visual merchandising. Those things, if you were looking at that through the, through the sort of high-level visual merchandising that takes place in Bloomingdale's or Saks Avenue or Nordstrom's or those, you're seeing window displays mm-hmm. and visual merchandising that are, one, constantly sort of in motion. Mm-hmm. They never become static, uh, and, and they're always colorful and right. moving, with the, moving with the seasons, promoting new services or, or new right. items. So to put it all in one place is to, is to overpower or overwhelm the guest, as you just explained. To, right. to maybe make sure that it's woven nicely through the whole facility and quietly presented, mm-hmm. and maybe there's a need for some educational area in the facility where they can actually have at their disposal some of these unique things that might be available by video, and that's right. more how we like to present it. So exactly. it's an educational area. Well, that's area. what I did. They had yeah. this huge TV sitting in like a call center, so I took the TV out. We hung it in the area where people can see it. We got rid of all the banners, and we created a loop where it's all now visually stimulating to promote uh, cool sculpting and Botox and all that, but it's all done through a PowerPoint presentation that was published as a video. So now the guests can sit in that area and watch all the things that they offer. That's more in keeping with the way we see it as well, Dory. So mm-hmm. nice job. 
Nice job. Yeah, thank you. So it's crazy <laughs> that. But then, they, you know, they get stuck. You get to see the same thing over and over, and you don't see it with new eyes. So I think the point to take away here, you guys, from what Michael and I are sharing with you today, is that less is more, right? <laughs> it is. And less what do you really more. want them to concentrate on? Well, you know, you mm -hmm. must continue to move that, continue to change that staging because that's what makes each visit that that your your guests in their return visits will see fresh and new feelings, and mm -hmm. and that will always keep your those incidentals and the subliminal message, like you're always on top of the thing because you're keeping it fresh and you're, you're opening the doors and eyes to the newest things, that's mm -hmm. part of what you're bringing in your business to your guest experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what would be some tips that we can give them to improve, you know, what they have right now. What would be some things that they can do? Well, I think if it, without without the fact that we know exactly everybody has a different size of facility, uh, okay. a, a different a different physical aspect. So each physical given shape has its own issues, pluses and minuses. What we were just talking about. So I'd, it would be interesting for them, anyone that's listening, to take a photo of what does the outside of my space look like, like. Am I shooting it as I drive in? Uh, I stop the car and take a shot and see what does it look like as somebody would approach it by by their car. When they get close enough to take another physical shot, maybe of how the door looks or doors, the window displays or the lack of them, open the door, take another shot. Let's see what the first impression is like. The desk, like you said about the clutter all over the desk. Mm -hmm. Shoot the visual merchandising, take a photo inside the hallway as they go back toward any of the treatment rooms. Mm -hmm. Take a look at their at the the staff lounge and locker areas and so on. And their restroom. Let's take a look at how that looks during a, a work day and what kind of amenities that mm -hmm. expresses. Mm -hmm. And a typical treatment room, what does that look like? If they were to take photos of those, they could be very surprised at, mm -hmm. at what they might look at when they studied the photos, how mm -hmm. cluttered these areas get and things that they wouldn't really want to if they were going to a facility, some of the things they wouldn't want to have experience, like maybe food on a counter in a front desk or, you know what I mean, not just not the, just drink, the photos. The team, yeah, the team's drink sitting behind them at the counter or they're trying to eat while they're sitting at the front desk. Yeah, by taking the phone. Or when you walk into a facility many times, Dory, as you know, in your travels, we walk in and we'll see somebody at a desk that's not, that's not making eye contact with us. Mm -hmm. And automatically that sets a tone for we're not being greeted. Mm -hmm. they're, maybe they, their design was so convoluted that they're trying to sell retail, close a sale of a service, take a new phone message on the phone, uh, and, and eat, a, eat something or drink something at the same time and mm -hmm. try to book a future appointment, whatever. And it's mm -hmm. too many things in one yeah. moment. And the guest well, that's coming is now turned off because they're not greeted as the most special feeling that we should have and give at that front reception is a welcome. We're glad mm -hmm. you're here. You're in yeah. the right place. We're going to take good care of you. You have arrived and you're in you're in good hands now. We right. have we're going to have you should trust us because we yeah. care about you. And everything that they don't do to suggest that in their mm -hmm. marketing approach with visual merchandising because it's visual mm -hmm. it's not just it's not just product. It's everything that, that that camera lens would have seen that we just talked yeah. about. 
That's visual merchandising on every level. The exterior, the color of your building, the color, right. things that you can change easy can be right. done easy with. So let just me back up what you just said. I love, you know, I do all that when I go on site for an assessment, but I just love the idea of taking a photograph. Oh, my gosh, that was genius, Michael. Thank you so much for sharing that with everybody. Because pictures don't lie. That's right. And if I was to walk into a place and take pictures like what you just talked about and then sit down with the team and show them, then you're backing up what you're seeing with the picture. What a great way to train your team on what they should have their rooms looking like or what their entire place should look like. So let me just give them some ideas here. The same place that I was at. So I walked in from the front desk, right, uh, opened up the door. They must have had some rainstorms or something, and the door was literally had, like, all kinds of water spots mixed with dirt, so they did not, like, look good. So right away, I could have taken a picture of that and showed them, which would have been a lot more powerful. Then the word welcome, what you were just saying. You know how hard I work on getting the teams at the front desk to stand up and say welcome? That is, like, to me, one of my biggest pet peeves. If you don't stand up and say welcome, you totally miss the door. So you know what this team was saying when somebody walked in? Do you have an appointment? That was their welcome. <laughs> I almost died. And then when I was doing the training the next day and I was trying to tell them, you know what, instead of saying, do you have an appointment, you should be saying welcome. They had the guts to stand there and argue with me that they don't say, do you have an appointment. That's not how we say it. We just say, do you have an appointment. Well, that's not the point. The point is you need to be saying welcome. So all the things that you just talked about, but taking those photos, I think would be such a great tool to sit down and show them on a big screen and point out to all the things that need to improve. I love that idea. I'm going to steal that one, Michael. Well, that's good. Then we both be out there with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that everybody's learning from that one because that's a biggie to take a photo and then talk about it instead of just Well, yeah, and it's it, you, that that that's that first impression again. There is no second shot at that. That's that's a feeling, and you got to. Mm-hmm. You must always be aware that that every every guest or patient, when they walk in, wants to have now in in the way we see it, and the and the projects like that we're currently involved in. The doctors want to have, and the and the spas that have an important issue, they want a concierge feeling, where mm-hmm. they do nothing but greet and mm-hmm. and uh, comfort that first experience. Take mm-hmm. the coat. What can we get for a refreshment? Okay, all of that, and guide them to the desk and guide them mm-hmm. to the seating areas. Now, mm-hmm. that's an extra effort, but that, in, that is one of the elements that, that will set mm-hmm. you apart from your competition. Totally. Dory, as you know, there is, if you're going to go into business in this competitive marketplace, it's almost mm-hmm. like an old-day Western gunfight. You mm-hmm. cannot afford to get in the street in that gunfight and be the one that pulls or draws second. So there's one chance to win, and I don't see right. why anybody would want to go into business unless they unless they plan for success. They don't mm-hmm. consider failure, and right. so you can't afford to make mistakes. And mistakes right. like you're <clears throat> like you're seeing with mm-hmm. people that are not welcoming you, that's a mm-hmm. mistake, a, a mm-hmm. horrible one. Yeah. And and we've lost a lot of service over the last few years. You know, people are not mm-hmm. doing giving that kind of welcome. That, right. That they well, the should. whole place needs to be welcoming, and then, of course, you have to teach the team on how to do it. 
So let's talk about theming a place because that's another thing I see missing often. They don't name their rooms or they name them number one, number two, number three. <laughs> or in this particular place, uh, the person is an injector. She had the white chair room and the black chair room. That's how they identified their room. Ouch. Ouch. So I'm like, you've got to theme this place. So let's talk about theming and what they can do to really give their whole place a personality. Well, there, the one thing about any theming development that we see, Dory, through our eyes, like we mm -hmm. just finished one that is now open in um, Calgary, and it's mm -hmm. new, and she's a young lady who's a, a, a massage therapist uh, with, uh, with a medical background and does sports medicine and so on. And, and she says, Moyo, Moyo, it's called Moyo, it says, this is a quote we just got this morning, Moyo is a place that exhibits warm sense of calmness, a place where time stops at the door, it is inspiring ambiance, a place where you can experience balance between your inner and outer beauty that brings forth feelings of contentment and wellness. That's a quote that we just got, we're so excited about that because it's going to go in the article. But we developed a theme for her that deals with Africa because she's done some, she's developed an orphanage and, and some school in Africa and she wants to continue to support those sort of efforts. So in her case, it was Africana and the tree is acacia and we use the tree to develop her logo because there's something about the tree and how it develops from the heart and its growth. So every everybody who starts a project, whether of, and hers is, you know, under 2,500 feet. Um, it doesn't have to be big, but it should be unique and not mm -hmm. plagiarizing anybody. So mm -hmm. the secret's to find within yourself, within within your clients and ours, uh, what makes them unique and individual, and develop off of that so that they go into this market share trying to come up with something that's never been done before. And so that's how the theme begins, since no two people are the same and their demographics, what they're trying to bring competitively to their demographic area, they're not trying to compete with the same people that provide stone massage over here, so they, you know, plagiarize and do stone massage. They try to be unique in every way. That's from the font types on their business cards, their logos, all of the things that you develop for them as well, Dory, mm -hmm. you know, to set them apart from others. They have to reach inside and find what makes them unique. That's what we have to try to bring out of them and then draw that, whether it's cultural, whether it's something that's from a historical place, whether it's something from, their na from the area where they are providing the spa experience. There's always a place to draw it from, but it's unique to each project. So there isn't like one answer to that because all people are different. Like not every therapist is right-handed, for example. You know, not every uh, doctor is is left-handed. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, that changes the way a room lays out. So we have so many things to consider here, but the fact that they need to stand totally independent and not necessarily trying to plagiarize, but a unique, one-of-a-kind environment. That's that's what, what we've hung our hats on, and that's why we're as excited and passionate about what we do as always. That's what keeps us viable is that, we never do two the same. I won't, I won't be right. doing another African project, you know, an African right. theme project. You know, that's, well, that was one-off. Don't you think that when you're developing a theme, it's all about 
getting the story out of the founder or the CEO or the entrepreneur, getting their story out and then make it meaningful to come up with the theme. Like I love the idea, you know, the fact that she did work in Africa and things like that. So that story came out. So the theming comes through a conversation that you and uh, the owner or somebody yeah, has. Exactly. So you can dig out the story and then go ahead and make that story a reality. And that's exactly how we do, whether it's it's another place where they, they might be in, in the southwest where we, we might end up with some of the uh, – there might be something in that, in that area, like you were talking about the deserts of Phoenix or something. There may be something mm-hmm. of the – of a healing plant that used to be a Native American symbol, mm-hmm. and that could come out of that whole idea of who they are and mm-hmm. what they're trying to do and what their goals are for what they want to project to their guest experience. But mm-hmm. you have to dig that a little bit. That's kind of mm-hmm. a creative place that starts the whole thing. Right. Uh, yeah, and it's it's individual to each location, as you know, Dory. Absolutely. But I think it's so important to have a theme because if you just open up a place and you don't have a theme to it, then nobody's going to give you that uniqueness. You're not going to be able to use it in your marketing material. You're not going to be able to sing that song and let people know what you're really all about. So when somebody walks in, when you have a theme, again, it's part of your experience, you're going to miss out on a lot of good press and marketing and experience that you're providing for your guests. If you're going into a place that just offers vanilla, then you're a vanilla. So you really need to have a theme because I think that makes it more of a banana split than just vanilla ice cream. And, and, you know, coming with that theme, as you know, uh, you have to – I think we share that that flavor that you just explained. That's a a critical element, and and as you know from our years out here, that's something that we attempt to bring to the table in each and every project, as well as a signature service something that's not provided in the competition. So we do a little market exploration before. We check what the competition is like. We want to make sure that they offer one or more and and are aware that they need to continue to create that changing venue so they don't always have the same services that others are providing in the local area. So their theme and services need to continually move forward. Mm-hmm. and be in change as well. They've got to be consciously playing the top of the line, always the leader in their area. Mm-hmm. Never let their guard down. Again, like the gunfighter, you cannot. You, mm-hmm. you must always be on guard because somebody, somebody will take you out. If you don't right. take care and do what you're saying or what you and I are talking about, mm-hmm. if they do a vanilla and they hire mm-hmm. you or I to come in and design something across the street, mm-hmm. I will tell you that it will be our goal that we help these people to win. Absolutely. That's the only way they're going to bring us in if they if they really want to win. Mm-hmm. That's how you Absolutely. and I are still and working you know, in the industry. <laughs> and you know the mistake I see, Michael. What's so funny talking about signature treatments? When they do come up with a signature signature treatment, they make it the least expensive treatment on the menu. I'm like, are you out of your mind? This is supposed <laughs> to be your signature treatment. It should be the most expensive expensive thing on your menu it's your signature treatment that's correct that's correct and then it, it, you can oh they just call it signature treatment and it's in the middle of the menu or it's the last treatment on the menu it's like give me a break no you're missing the whole point of a signature treatment here they are that's yeah. you know if they don't see it through these eyes dory if they're not competitive in spirit and that's another part of this what i look back at the people who over the years have hired us 
and I just, I'm very proud of of our uh, our list of previous projects, which actually go back over 30 years. And the previous time to that, I've been in the industry even longer before mm-hmm. the 30 where we started. But I looked at the I look at the past clients because we have to we have to hand out like to the doctor we're just working with now in Ohio. He wanted a reference list, and so he wanted to call, and he did. He needed doctors, and so I gave him doctors that we'd worked with for the last over 15 years. And I don't do that often, but he wanted that. And mm-hmm. so before he would bring me in, he wanted to make sure that maybe we were the right people to give him a hand. And here's, 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 a, here's an interesting one that he just shared with me. He okay. called somebody else as well to, in his due diligence. Uh, right. to bring them in to help. Mm-hmm. And, and and he says, how do you work? Uh, do you come and see our facility and so on? And and uh, it was a she that he ca- talked to. No, she said, you send me pictures. We do this through the email. You send me photos, and we'll do it that way. <laughs> and he thought, click, it's mm-hmm. over. If mm-hmm. you're not willing to come in and, and give me personal attention, if you're trying mm-hmm. to do this as something that you buy online right. and you get some formula, uh, he wasn't interested in that, and I'm not interested in those kind of clients either. They, uh, they, this is a very personal thing that you and I do, Dory, for people, and we have to be passionate, and we have to have people that want like passion. If he wants, if he's going to invest money, or or any anybody on on this uh, on this call, they're going to put money into their facility uh, with design. They want to make sure they're getting the, the top quality people that are going to help them win this game of winning and to provide the excellent care for their guest and patient experience. They need right. to, to stage it because what we're doing for him is to set a stage. It's really setting a stage with how it's re- we're going to have to re-sculpt the whole building and re-light it and recolor it, and then at the same time, the staff is going to have to come up to the plate, and they're going right. to start looking the role. Don't they, have to look, don't they have to look the part? Oh, absolutely. So, when you have a staff member at the front that's saying welcome, how does she or he look? Mm-hmm. Isn't that Absolutely. part of the visual merchandising is he or she should just look like they're getting ready to go uh, to a very important dress occasion for themselves. Absolutely. They don't want to look unkept and untidy yeah. and their hair undone and their makeup yeah. poor. They're on, they're on stage. So okay. it is staging. Mm-hmm. It's MGM Presents. Lights, camera, action. Mm-hmm. That's the power. That's what we are... That's what's lacking is that people don't see how valuable all those things are to to their their visual merchandising of themselves and their business. Right. Talking about merchandising, I'm getting some questions here about retail. What can you do to boost uh, retail sales through design? What would be some tips you can give us on retail and merchandising and how can somebody do it? Maybe they don't have a lot of money. Maybe we have some people that are, are on a shoestring budget. So I know that you have the extreme where somebody can invest a lot in merchandising or maybe on a shoestring budget. What are some little insider tips you can give us? Oh, insider tips. Well, if you take a picture, if, again, if, if uh, you, sh- you shoot a shot, you shoot a picture of those areas that you are looking at to improve upon, usually or most often they're lacking in two or three key components. They're positioned wrong in relationship to how people get access to them. That is, they're possibly in a waiting area where where a potential person wanting to touch or feel or, or open or look 
can't get to it because the people are seating in the area. Mm-hmm. They're setting in there, and it, it becomes an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Another option is, another problem is that they're often the color of the product, the containers and the bottles are are not properly lit in the area that they are in, or they're not properly background with a color that will accent them. So they can... So even fabric behind a changing of a color of material and rearranging the items on the shelves with contrasting colors that will help to excite it and show it. And then if we don't have lighting, we can do it we can do it perhaps remotely, even from remote little spots or up lighting from the floor to, to bring it to prominence so it shows. But it's often just the the staging, the rack or the shelves are not clean, they're not they're just not lit well and they're not in the right places. Mm-hmm. The other thing is they become they tend to become static after a while, Dory, as you've probably noticed. Mm-hmm. When people, when clients and patients come to a facility, many of the same displays are sitting there month after month after month with not changing their position or, or not moving them around. The killer for all visual merchandising and retailing that way is that it cannot ever be static. Mm-hmm. It must continue to be moved around throughout the facility. So they need those displays, whatever they happen to be, if they're there for more than six weeks in one location, that means they're not working for you. They mm-hmm. need to be rechanged mm-hmm. with some new – you can add color and things with it for the season, for picking up nice, fresh, new uh, autumn leaves and spreading them on the shelving around it. It's springtime or it's summer and we bring in sand buckets and – and uh, and beach umbrellas, little ones, baby ones, setting things up in sort of theme-like development, mm-hmm. carrying through, like now it's holidays of this type, and so we're going to have all of this Christmas colors and happiness all laced into your visual merchandising. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they have to be changed, the displays need to be changed and moved around in the facility, and a little bit can be in the restroom, uh, you know, not just in the in the treatment rooms where often if there's nothing there for the guests to even look at in, in a treatment room, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so that I tell them to use empty packaging too if they want yes, to. Put yes, them yes, in so the they don't, you know, some, yeah, sometimes they don't walk away that right, right, right Dory? They, right. they stay in place if they're just empty boxes. <laughs> right. So the, I understand the whole merchandising thing and the lighting, those are great points with the positioning, the lighting. And then rotating. I think rotating is a biggie. As a matter of fact, the same place I was at in Phoenix, they had so much merchandise in the locked-up portion of their merchandising. The shelves were almost empty, so I thought maybe they didn't have products. So I opened up the bottom cabinets, and they were so full of products that just nobody bothered to put them out, which killed me. I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? You have all these products, and they're all locked up below where people can't buy them. But what I wanted to ask you about, Michael, was actual displays. Do you have some resources or ideas on the best displays to buy, the, what's in right now, what's, like, as far as the actual shelving itself? Any tips well, on that? Well, I think you're uh, – let's go, let's go back to theme first, Dory, because okay. the, the displays themselves have to fit within the particular theme of the, and the flavor of the environment, what, what each individual environment would, would sort of tend to dictate the opportunity for a different type of shelving and, and rack systems mm-hmm. or, or something more creative. I mean, that could be antiques. That could be any number of, 
of off-the-shelf things, I mean things that could be bought reasonably and, and that will stage the product well, I mean mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be the most expensive of items, but it should be creative so that instead of it just being a mass display area, it's it's more approachable. They They need to be staged, and I'm going to use that example of the window displays and the display themes of some of the more powerful marketers in in mortar stores where they're actually setting displays that people want to walk up and touch because they're pretty and they look and they're they become more tactile so you can set right. testing testing areas up and you you encourage that so that what you just explained to me that you experienced wouldn't be there where it's all behind glass it's a no touchy kind of thing they need they need testing areas right where they can actually and and and, and a, a few products that are for testing only, even though you must make sure it's cleaned all the time so that they don't feel that that's contaminated. Right. But but that kind of thing, making it approachable by the guest experience, is truly important. But I I, I make sure that the theming, whatever those rack systems are, and there's commercial companies that make things like that. But a lot of this stuff is available at clever stores. You know, the world markets, the Pier Ones, those sort of you know, IKEA and others, where you can get some simple systems, mm-hmm. but they make sure that they don't look inexpensive or cheap, but clean right. and efficient mm-hmm. and fit with your theme. They got to still have to, they still have to represent the theme that right. you and I were talking about is so important to, to like, project you know the what, image. You know what drives me crazy, Michael, is when a company like uh, using this place as an example again. Boy, they they're doing all the mistakes that we're talking about. You know what I dislike the most is when a brand gives you their display to put into your place when it does not fit with your theme. No, all it doesn't. And then you no. have all these cabinets that you already had, and then all of a sudden here comes this, you know, shelving from this particular brand moved in, and it goes with nothing. <laughs> it's like, no. where did this come from all of a sudden? And right. they think that, oh, they gave us a shelf. Woohoo! Yeah. Like no, it needs to move out now. <laughs> yeah, we we don't encourage that. We don't encourage uh, any of that because that's a manufacturer's trick, and yeah. they want they want you to buy that rack from them and position that right there in the reception area so that they get first first experience with the guest. And it's it often and you're you're right on target. We never promote it, and we suggest that they are always removed from the facility. Mm-hmm. And you do your own displays that fit your theme, and you're not there. Because if that product doesn't move in your facility, it's gone. If, you, mm-hmm. if it isn't selling because they don't, it, it, it doesn't have performance based in itself, and they're not supporting you with education, and it's not moving on your bottom line, you're moving that product line out, and you're getting another anyway. Yeah, so, so I would rather have shelves that maybe even if I didn't have a big budget, so what you're saying is I would rather have some shelves that I may be able to buy from some of the stores in my community, but as long as they all look the same, they're themed, they look nice, they don't look cheap, then that's really the route to go. Don't be mixing different types of displays, especially if they're brand-related. Correct. Exactly. I would have. I would. I wouldn't want any more. I wouldn't want to position a sticker on my door either, saying that I, I'm believing in this product and right. that and the other. Yeah. That identifies. That's really promoting the product. It's kind of like a, mm-hmm. you know, it's another thing when you're when you have a car and you're driving around with the, uh, with the name of the dealer on your license plate. I'm not fond of that style either. They'll do that. They put it on your car, hoping that they get free advertising. 
But as far as promoting your product story, there's one, you know, there is one obvious signature company that you know about that's that's been around a long time, and that was an Aveda start, you know, with mm-hmm. going back a, a ways. But they did have an interesting approach to to uh, a launching pad, if you'll recall, mm-hmm. where there's a, a, a center section maybe in an area somewhere in the first impression where it's lit and they're putting the new product or the new service or the new something. And that that's using that's using psychology in a powerful way when you're trying to promote either launch a new product, launch a new service, uh, you know, or 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 a new package of how you're marketing yourself. So you think of that style that they've used so effectively, and if you're looking at that through a facility, you're trying to focus areas where the client or guest is moving through the facility and you're creating new interesting launching pads throughout the facility. Mm-hmm. So all the all the walls that have not been working for you, even if they're in the restroom, there are areas throughout a, a, a spa, med spa, where we try to to design in places where there are moments of pause, where there can be infomercials, where it's visually powerful, and the subliminal messages are carried forward for the guest experience about a new product, a new service, a new treatment, a new package, a new something. And it was a continually changing. That's that's a component. Very important uh, as far as maximizing your return on visual merchandising in the sales area. And then how it's handled between if electronically, if it's if it's if it is actually through the service provider in the room, if they're wireless and and the sale is made, especially in a medical spa where you can do scripting, and 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 the service provider is explaining to the guest, the patient, that this is what your home regime needs to be, this is what you put on in the evening, this is what you should have in the morning to start the day, this is what you use to cleanse, this is so on. And so they script that information, obviously. And if that's passed by electronics to to the area in the front where the visual merchandising is, is kept or watched over, that can all be packaged and put into a really nice little gift bag and it goes out with that guest and as smooth and efficient. And then there's still the area for, you know, impulse purchases, of course, but in the med spa, they have uh, they have the security of that uh, scripting that makes it very profitable for them. Right. So I'm working with a couple of people. I know that we're working with a couple of clients right now trying to fix their retail area. One of them was, had so many square feet of wasted space. She had like three different lounges, a relaxation lounge, and this big, the middle, the entire middle of the spa is empty, like nothing but couches. So if somebody wants to improve their merchandising, what's the best way to go about maybe getting your insight, your input, or a proposal or something, what would be the best way? Well, to do this? I mean, photography is one way, uh, but there's also, we need to, as much because of our architectural involvement, one of the key elements of all visual merchandising is the lighting and to create separation between areas of, when you said couches and visual merchandising or re- retail, we tend to look at retail as a visual merchandising component and the sale of it is you is has to be somewhat controlled and so when you mix it close to waiting or or couches or lounges 
it, it needs to be accessible where nobody feels as though people are walking through them, that is, through their waiting experience, to get to it. It's more like it's planned to have a circulation where the people can either they can see it and others moving through the facility will be have good access to it mm-hmm. and to have to have that but in order to create possibly its its uniqueness we have to be able to light it properly so we need to know how the electrical is run so you kind of have you kind of have study the plan and see how people are moving around inside the facility to place it where it gets the best experience mm-hmm. and the best exposure. Some right. of those where they're trying to do it in the reception, they've got visual merchandising in the reception. It's in a hallway where mm-hmm. they're trying to walk people through for service, mm-hmm. and other people are coming out from service to be checked out, mm-hmm. or they're checking in, and it's all it's all sort of convoluted. It it doesn't mm-hmm. work because there's there's no place to make it work. Yeah, there's no, you know, there was no proper flow, right? Right. It's called prior proper planning, right. and without without seeing that the people move in the right directions, mm-hmm. and are and are welcomed to that area, it's not going to be an effective use of space, and, right. it, and it usually doesn't sell well. Right. It doesn't work well for for anyone. It doesn't mm-hmm. bring the owner back the kind of return they want. It needs to be tied into the service by the by the service provider. It needs to be keyed to that and it needs to be approachable, and there really needs to be somebody, normally somebody's got to really have a hand on watching over it so that it, it, it carries forward. It can't just be somebody who's, who's trying to answer a phone, trying right. to take a, you know, cash out a client, take a credit right. card. So if they send you the, the floor plan, the electric, electric plan and all that, then how does it work from there? Do you draw out what you think the merchandising area can be like, and then you make recommendations as to the style of the shelving, and then how I'm trying to understand the process. Well, that, you know, because each individual facility has a different set of boundaries. We're talking the conditions, that is the dimensions of the space, Mm -hmm. where the walls are, and how people move inside the space. That is a study in itself. So we need to find out as much about how, what services are being provided, how are people moving inside that space. Right. So a set of plans showing what's there now. That's called existing conditions. We right. need to know where the couches are mm-hmm. or where the other fixed items of walls and doors and what services are being provided in that area in order to be able to position the the visual merchandising in a in an area that will be a user friendly for everyone mm-hmm. and that then we can either contain that and show how it's lit properly mm-hmm. and how what kind of shelving or 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 displays would be predominantly work from from mm-hmm. that particular th- those given conditions so everyone is different how we do visual merchandising for every facility is different. It's not right. there's not a key to it all, except right. that we want it to be welcoming uh, to the guest experience. Right. How do you price something like this? Do you do it by square foot or how? We do have you... we yeah we have to do. I mean small smaller facilities, Dory. Like somebody's just sending in. I've got some problems with my window displays and this or that, and we can we could do some design work by by schematic and dimensions, but we have to have good dimensions of the facility, drawings that have how wide, how tall, how high are the ceilings, where are the lights now, and so on. So we need as many 
as much understanding in the way of floor plans and plans of the construction, not just a floor plan, but where right. the electrical lighting and so on. Sure. And then we we do our work mainly by uh, square footage of the area we're covering, both on the vertical and horizontal, okay. and on the cubic side of it, on the floor, okay. floor space, okay. vertical, and horizontal. Sure. Sure. Okay. Some people could sure. mail us something real small, you know, and small area like I've got a wall here I'd like to do better. Here's my visual merchandising. Uh-huh. And we can fix that with a mail order design, something right. simple to do it with. How we could effectively do this with some background color, fabrics, uh-huh. some kind right. of individual independent lighting that you don't have to put in the ceilings and so on. Right. It depends on, okay. on uh, what they're trying to accomplish, what, what their okay. goals are. That sounds good because I think – if somebody wants to really give themselves a facelift, that's what we're talking about today. Is yes. I love that. I'm just going to recap a little bit what we went over. So the first thing they really should do is go around and take photos of their place and see really what they see. And preferably, they really need to see that on a big screen to really see what they're looking at and then make improvements accordingly. You had mentioned it could be as easy as maybe a new paint, one wall even. Uh, Paint is amazing. You can do so much to give something a facelift. Then the third thing they should really look at is the flow of the space. Is it flowing? Is is the retail set up in the right place? Uh, Do you need to improve your retail merchandising? And then the fourth thing we talked about is the, the theme, how important it is to theme the place come up with something that's unique, that's different, that's going to make you stand out, and give your uh, facility a theme. Name your rooms. Make sure that you have the right branding colors going on. That uh, We didn't even talk about this, but really your online as well as your spot, everything should be themed the same way. So those are all very important points that we discussed to help you have that nice little facelift. Now, if you're brand new, I would highly recommend that you reach out to Michael and myself and let us help you plan from the very beginning and avoid costly mistakes. And if you're already open and you would like to get some help from Michael to maybe give you a better facelift than what we just talked about, something where it involves him, what would be the best way to have people reach out to you, Michael? Well, I think... um as far as from having this wonderful conversation with you today, Dory, um, I think we should offer something special for the people who put up with this last hour. <laughs> put up? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, they've <laughs> they listened, should, to, our, they they've listened to all of our... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we would, we'd would we like to say that the first, say, six people who reach out to us on an email arrangement or a phone, uh, we'd be glad to give them... 30-minute consultation on to get a wow, feel for what their needs are. Wow, that's very generous of you. Thank you. And, that's uh, very sweet. Those, and those photos that we were suggesting they take, of course, those would be very, those are crucially important to us to get a feel of what they have. Mm-hmm. So being able to be sent a copy of those photos from their exterior, what their front entrance looks like, maybe a room and down the halls or where how the people right. are moving currently. Or even a video would be nice. Videos are fine. Just make sure they take it nice and slow because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sometimes they move a little too yeah, fast. They go so too go fast. slow yeah. and and talk to us about what what they're doing, what rooms there are now, and so on. Mm-hmm. And right. that's kind of how we get started with also a wish list of what they'd like to be doing, what they feel mm-hmm. they'd like to project, and knowing their services. And we can get into all the you know the details of it, but. 
we start with a visual impact. You know, that's the first impression, and that's the one that often they're, they haven't taken the time or maybe they didn't have the right help when they started. Mm-hmm. and Or they may have thought only through their own eyes. And there's a lot of folks, unfortunately, there there's a lot of people who, who tend to think they have a, all the answers and they, they make a couple of shots themselves and they become better clients of ours later after they've, after they've had a couple mm-hmm. of issues not go so well. Right. But to take some time to look back and be critical and what, and what they could do now minimally to, to have a better effect on their guest experience and then maybe it's more demanding because they can't always fix flow if it's all built. Without right, exactly. without without tearing into it, like what I have to deal with now in in Ohio is I've got to yeah. re-sculpt the interior, and that means mm-hmm. opening it up some and not just right. using what's already there. Yeah, exactly. So, what's the yep. best way for them to reach out to you if they need help? I think the the email information at info at idc dash design dot com, and uh, we have our eight hundred number there eight hundred four three two ten thirty four, and they can email us at uh, info at idc-design.com. The website is idc-design.com, you guys, if you want to go to Michael's website. IDC, which stands for International Design Concepts, so idc-design.com. And then from there you can either contact him or send an email to info at idc-com and he'll be happy to help you. We are right at the hour. Oh, my gosh, this hour just flew by. You are so helpful. So I hope that everybody takes these wonderful tips that we gave you from taking the photos to maybe freshen up with some paint, check out your flow, theme your place. We'll give you a nice, unique positioning for next year so you can have the best year ever. So don't reinvent the wheel, though. If you want something really nice, then reach out to Michael, reach out to me, and we can help you in different ways. He can help you make the place look nicer, and I can help you implement structures to really help your spa and Medispa. And I want to remind everybody that the Coach Me Expert now is a complimentary membership, so make sure you share it with your colleagues and other people. We already have amazing numbers of people that joined for the last couple months since we changed it, and we would love to have a larger and larger community, so please share this with others so we can help them as well. The next Coach Me expert is going to be with Analy Cosmetics. Actually, Elena is going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about makeup and how you can increase your revenue having makeup within your facility. So that's going to be Analy Cosmetics. So we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about beauty and how you can make more money with that. Michael, again, thank you so much for joining us. I want to wish everybody a great rest of the year here and... Go ahead and make your place look more beautiful. Well, happy holidays to you, too, uh, Dory. Thank you. I hope we don't have to wait as long for our next uh, potential meeting. I look forward to seeing you on the road somewhere. (laughs) I'm sure I'll see you on the road. We'll be going again next year, right? On the road again. (laughs) On the road again. Yep, you bet. You bet. Yeah. Happy holidays to all of you that are on the phone. I look forward to talking to those that are interested. Thank you so much. Yes. All right. God bless you guys. Until next time, stay inspired. Bye now. Yes. Bye for now. Bye now. Yes. Bye for now.